Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Saturday, June 12th, Ian Cameron with you. We're, we're standing by for Alex B. Smith. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, he's able to uh, join us uh, during the uh, show. Uh, but if not, it'll just be me today, uh, ready to break down the, uh, well, I was going to say the Saturday card. I'm so used to saying that because you're just, you just, you start the show with the same intro. You have the same kind of shtick that you say at the beginning of every episode. I'm ready to just say breaking down the Saturday card. Well, there is no Saturday card. To break down in the NHL today. Uh, obviously, we are getting ourselves ready for the Stanley Cup semifinals, uh, which come your way starting tomorrow. We will talk game one uh, of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning New York Islanders series, game one Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then, of course, we will also preview the two series overall uh, in the uh, semifinal round. Uh, Tampa Bay, New York Islanders, as well as Vegas and Montreal. There will be no Ice Guys show tomorrow. So make sure you are aware of that. I don't want anybody checking in on the YouTube channel around noon Eastern expecting a show when there isn't one. So we got to get that out there to everybody right now that there will be no Ice Guys show uh, tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, we will be back Monday, though, 2 p.m. Eastern, our regular Monday to Friday time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Monday. And we'll talk game one, Montreal, Vegas uh, on that show. All right, so let's uh, talk series previews for me. Uh, you heard Jimmy's thoughts yesterday. You didn't hear a lot from me uh, on these two series. I'll, I'll give you my overall series thoughts here. Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Islanders. As we mentioned on yesterday's show, Tampa Bay around minus 300 series favorite. You can get about plus 240 uh, on the New York Islanders uh, with the uh, take back. Um, I think the Islanders are competitive in this series. If you can find props, you know, like uh, over five and a half games, over six and a half games, I, 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 I wouldn't hate those. Uh, I do think the Islanders are going to be a competitive team. I don't know if I could go as far, though, as to, think as to take them in the series or to think that they're going to win the series. Because when you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, they can just do so much more than either Boston or Pittsburgh could offensively with the way that they have just incredible depth, one through four with their four lines, with one through 12 with their 12 forwards. I mean, it's just an incredibly deep team offensively. One night, it could, Braden Points obviously had an outstanding playoff so far. There's no question in my mind he is going to be one of the Tampa Bay wins the Stanley Cup. He is going to be one of those guys that gets that Conn Smythe Trophy consideration, probably along with Vasilevsky. But there's no question uh, that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have incredible amount of forward depth, more than Pittsburgh, more than Boston. And as well as the Islanders defended those two teams at times in that series, it's going to be a more difficult challenge to get them to shut down this four-line wave that Tampa Bay has. And keep in mind in the uh, Carolina series, which Tampa Bay won, by the way, in five games, which is highly impressive considering, you know, the kind of season Carolina had. One of the top teams in the NHL this season in points, you know, the team that won that division. Uh, it was an extremely impressive uh job by Tampa Bay to finish that series off in five and they didn't even get much from Yanni Gord and Bar Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman the third line for the uh, Lightning uh, in that series so you know there's still a lot of room for improvement for them even with their depth forwards going into this series what I do like for the New York Islanders and here's what's going to give them a puncher's chance 
They are uh, very, very sturdy defensively. Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock, guys like that that don't get the attention they deserve, you know, league-wide and from pundits because, I don't know, it's because they're, you know, just they're not flashy defensemen. They play for the New York Islanders, which isn't that team that really gets a lot of, you know, national media headlines and, uh, you know, and, and accolades. Whatever the case may be, they don't get the uh, recognition for being as good as they are. They have been terrific all season. They have had an outstanding playoffs, both of them on the blue line for the uh, Islanders. Not just them. Nick Letty's been good. Scott Mayfield's been excellent on the blue line. Like Their collective group on the back end is as solid as it gets in my mind. And it's been very impressive to see because one of the guys I thought that they were really going to miss on the blue line who went to Colorado in the offseason was Devon Taves. And I thought that would be uh, something that maybe hurts their blue line a bit. Johnny Boychuk retired, of course, uh, as well prior to the season. So there were things that, in my mind, were concerning about the Islanders in terms of would that blue line be able to be as, as, as sturdy as it's been the last couple of years? And the answer is a definitive yes. They have been, and they've proven it here so far in the first two rounds of the playoffs. The key for the Islanders is they are actually one of the top teams in the NHL here in the playoffs in terms of offense. And you're, you, you might be shocked by that because we don't think of the New York Islanders as an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. But they have found some offensive mojo in these playoffs. They are get they are scoring goals. And they have scored, you know, four or five goals in multiple games here in these playoffs. And that's got to happen for them here uh, in this series. I don't care what kind of defense they have, and, and, and they're good. And obviously, Semyon Varlamov, who has obviously taken back hold of the number one spot with his performance in the series against the Bruins, there is no question that, you know, this team's pretty solid defensively and goaltending. But there's no question in my mind that they're not going to shut down this Tampa Bay team completely. They're not. They're just not going to do it. They're not going to be shutting out Tampa Bay. They're not going to be holding them to one goal, two, even two goals. I think it's going to be tricky for them to hold Tampa Bay down that much in this series. So it is in, imperative for the Islanders, imperative, that the performances we've gotten from them in these playoffs, from, uh, from Brock Nelson, especially in the clinching game against Boston, Anthony Beauvillier, Jordan Everly, uh, Josh Bailey's chipped in some offense in this in these playoffs. They've even gotten, you know, Cal Clutterbuck scored, you know, a, a couple of goals for them already in terms of that fourth line with him, Casey, Sezikis, and uh, Matt Martin, which is, I think, a very effective fourth line, especially uh, at playoff time. You need those guys to be difference makers offensively here. And more than anything, you need Matthew Barzell, who at the end of the Boston series finally got on track scored in multiple games, became a much greater presence around the net, going to areas where you need to be, score goals at playoff time. That's the Matt Barzell that the New York Islanders need if they're going to pull off this upset here against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because like I said, I think the Islanders have to score in this series. They are a defensive-minded team. They can't go into this series thinking we're going to hold the Islanders or the Lightning to one goal or two goals or shut them out in this series. I think that's an unrealistic expectation with just, you know, how much we have seen from this power play, which has been a lethal for the Lightning. That's another key. Carolina got burned repeatedly, repeatedly in the last round, taking too many penalties, going to the box too much, spending too much time shorthanded, and the Tampa Bay Lightning made them pay the ultimate price for it. No, no question about that. 
it's this has got to be a series where if you're Barry Trotz and he knows this, he even said it, you know, when uh, uh, Bruce Cassidy in the last series made that statement that they're trying to portray themselves like the New York Saints, you know, after a game five, when he was not too thrilled with the uh, lack of uh, penalties toward the Islanders in that game, Barry Trotz retorted that, you know, we are one of the least uh, penalized teams this season in the NHL, which he was right about. And that's got to continue in this series for the Tampa Bay Light or for the New York Islanders. They were one of the least penalized teams during the season. They are going to have to keep it that way going into this series. They cannot spend too much time in the box. They can't, or else they're going to pay the price for it. And the Bruins' power play did connect a couple of times against the Islanders. So, you know, if the Bruins were able to find their way to a couple power play goals in that series, what could the vaunted Tampa Bay Lightning power play do, which is now loaded for bear when you think of, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov coming back to add, and add to it Braden Point, add to it Alex Kalorn, add to it Andre Palat, add to it Tyler John, just all the different weapons that the Lightning can put out there on the ice on a power play. Yes, the Islanders, one of the least penalized teams this season. It's got to be that way in this series. It simply has to. If this turns into a special team series and there's lots of penalties and there's lots of opportunities for Tampa Bay on the power play, they won't win this series, the Islanders. It's that simple. So discipline is going to be key for the New York Islanders in this series. Barry Trotz knows that. And that, and because of the fact that you have to rely on the numbers when you add, uh, you know preview a series, you have to rely on the fact that the numbers do indicate that the Islanders you know, have been a pretty disciplined team this year. And if that continues, they're, and keep, they keep this series at five-on-five five even strength as much as possible, at least they're going to give themselves a better chance in this series. I think the Islanders push the Lightning. Jimmy was on yesterday. He says he likes the Islanders to pull the upset. I'm stopping short of saying that. Um, I do think Tampa Bay wins this series, but I think it is a longer series and a more competitive series uh, than people think. I have not made a pre-series bet yet in this series, unlike the next series that I'm going to talk about right now, which is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. We have the Vegas Golden Knights anywhere from a minus 450 to minus 550 series favorite here, the Vegas Golden Knights over the Montreal Canadiens. This is the biggest favorite that we have seen in the Stanley Cup semifinal round in 31 years. 1990 is the last time we have seen a team favored by this much in a semifinal series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, this is rare air. I, I This feels like a price that is more based on the regular seasons of these two teams, to be honest. Like, to me, I, I was, my jaw hit the floor, seriously, when I saw what the series price was here on Vegas. I only had it minus 375, all right? And I thought I was, you know, a little high on that. Uh, and I thought I was disrespecting Montreal a bit too much with the, with the number I had for this series. And then I saw 450, 550 even in some spots. And I'm like, whoa. So obviously um, the odds makers are really giving Vegas a great deal of respect. And they're really not buying, you know, what Toronto or uh, Montreal's first two series wins against Toronto and Winnipeg a whole lot. And to me, that could be a mistake. Uh, I, I, there are pathways in this series for Montreal to be competitive and potentially steal this series and win it. And it's very simple why that is. They're, they have committed to team defense. They have committed to being a four-check, 
hard-hitting, smash-mouth team. That's what they've become, Montreal. That's really, truly they've become their identity. You know, become very, very stout in our own zone, look to capitalize on mistakes of the other team. Uh, and when we do that, we'll get our chances and hope we capitalize on them. They're okay with being outshot, you know, in certain games. And they showed it against Winnipeg and especially against Toronto. And they still managed to just, you know, just in spite of all that, they, you know, helped out Carey Price. They blocked a lot of shots. The big four on the blue line was terrific in the first two rounds for Montreal. Jeff Petrie, Joel Edmondson, Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt. They were absolutely terrific uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And that's exactly the pathway that they're going to take to try to win this series. Now, the difference is, is that Vegas is going to play much more of the type of hockey that Montreal does, more so than Winnipeg and Toronto did. So this is going to be a, a, a greater challenge, I think, for Montreal in that regard, that stylistically, I think they, they impose their will a lot more on Toronto and Winnipeg than I think they will on this Vegas team. It's hard to impose your will on Vegas. Because Vegas now has uh, all four of their lines contributing offensively, being a threat and being an impact on the ice. When you're getting your William Carrier, you know, a fourth line players of the world on this Vegas team scoring big goals for you like he did in the series clincher against Colorado. It shows you now that that depth, which I was concerned about for Vegas, much of the uh, playoffs, you know, I, I was always worried about them being too top heavy and too reliant on Tuck, too reliant on Pacioretty, too reliant on Stone, Marcia so, or Smith and Carlson, guys like that. They weren't getting much from the third and the fourth line most of the season. Things have started to change in that regard. And you talk about how good Montreal's been defensively. Vegas can match that. Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb, Shea Theodore. That's a pretty damn good foursome on the blue line for Vegas, you know, that can match Montreal. And obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury and Nett, who's been scintillating in these playoffs. He's been outstanding. Uh, against Gary Price, who's been also outstanding, but, you know, he, they can match Montreal at that end. So, you know, you look at these teams, it's like mirror images right now. You know, they're teams that have relied on good, steady, sound defense, good enough goaltending, or great goaltending, and then good enough offensive contributions. And all, both of these teams now are getting a little bit from each line offensively. Montreal is as well. And that's a good thing going into this series because it's going to make it more difficult for Pete DeBoer and the Vegas Golden Knights to match up, uh, which he likes to do. He's a matchup coach. But when you've got T Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson scoring for you, you've got the youngster Cole Caulfield becoming more and more confident with the puck as the playoffs roll along. You've got all of a sudden, you Sperry Kotkaniemi, who didn't have a very good regular season, stepping up, playing better in the playoffs. You've got Nick Suzuki playing extremely well with a lot of confidence offensively right now for the Canadians as well. You've got Yoel Armia and Arturi Lekkanen down the lineup forwards, stepping up and scoring for you as well. You all of a sudden, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, are showing that you've got some serious forward depth at the moment and forward depth that at the moment is producing and giving you results and making an impact right now. So this to me, I personally do not see an overwhelming edge for Vegas. I do think they're the better team overall, slightly in terms of the roster but not by this kind of margin. And again, you're betting prices. When you're talking series price, you're not talking, you're betting teams or you're betting players, you're betting the price. And to me, this is an inflated price on the Vegas Golden Knights. They should be favored. They should not be favored by minus 450 to, to minus 550. That to me is too much, way too much, considering what we've seen from Montreal. 
considering that they're coming off playing their absolute best game of the playoffs when they clinched against Winnipeg. Uh, they, they took overtime to win that game, but it was their best game of the entire playoffs. It was c- control the flow, control the play from the beginning. And if they bring that again in this series, they're in this series. And, there's, and, and they are not the te- kind of team that should be a plus 425 to plus 450 underdog, you know, if that is the kind of the series that they're going to bring to the table here uh, against Vegas. And to me, when I look at it, uh, yeah, I give Vegas some slight edges in multiple categories. But when I look at the style of both teams, they played similar mirror image styles in these playoffs. They've really relied on just sturdy defending, great goaltending, and timely scoring. That's been the uh, uh, standard operating procedure for both the Golden Knights and the Canadians in this series. Um, Montreal, to me, going to get a ton of rest to the point where Jeff Petrie may not even miss a game in this series. That's the biggest injury question mark hanging over the beginning of this series is whether Jeff Petrie is going to be good to go uh, for game one, but he might be. The one thing that is frustrating, I guess, if you're Montreal, is that this series not starting till Monday means that the Vegas Golden Knights get the, a chance to really rest up following that Colorado series, which ended Thursday night. They have three days off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that is significant for them because they were coming off the seven games against Minnesota. They got no rest whatsoever uh, prior to the start of the Colorado series. They had to go right into it. We saw the negative impact that made on Vegas when they got bombed in game one by Colorado. But now they're going to get that rest. They have three days off from that game six clincher against Colorado to game one on Monday night against uh, Montreal. Uh, And they don't have to travel because they played game six at home. And of course they're starting game one at home. So all of a sudden you thought, man, the rested Montreal would take advantage. No, that's not the case. Vegas will have enough rest three days off to feel a lot fresher than they would have been otherwise for a game one in this series. So that's the one thing, because I thought a few days ago, you could have said, especially if it goes seven games, Montreal could have been really, really live in game one. They still might be, but now I'm a little bit hesitant. We'll get more into game one specifically uh, on Monday's show. As far as the series goes, I've made two bets, three bets, actually. I have sprinkled a little on Montreal at plus 450. Just a small bet, a quarter unit bet, that's all. But I have one unit on Montreal plus two and a half games minus 145, which I think is a great price. All Montreal has to do is not lose this series in five games or less, and that bet cashes. And I think we've got a great chance for this series to go six or seven games. So the unit structure for me for this series is Montreal plus two and a half games at minus 145, series handicap, that for one unit. Then I go a half a unit on Montreal plus one and a half games, plus 175 is the price for that. So this series goes seven games, regardless of the winner, that bet cashes, which I like quite a bit. A great price too, seven game series plus 175, uh, Montreal plus one and a half games. Uh, That was pretty good. And then a quarter unit, as I mentioned on Montreal at the big price, plus 450. I think they're right there with Vegas uh, in this series. Now, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe Montreal will show that the North Division was fool's gold all season, and they're just too weak to deal with this Vegas team, which is a physical, hard, four-checking group, something that, to be honest with you, Montreal did not see that kind of team in either Toronto or Winnipeg. That is a little bit of a, you know, underlying concern in the pit of my stomach. But to me, they are, not, they are in this series, big time, against Vegas with the way they're playing, 
with the way they're all of a sudden getting their youngsters stepping up, how the old vets like Corey Perry and Eric Stahl have become difference makers uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens in these playoffs. I think they're in this series and have a puncher's chance in it. So I'm looking at those three bets for the Canadians. The smallest one being the series win, plus 450. Then a half unit on Montreal, plus one and a half games, plus 175. And then one unit, Montreal, plus two and a half games, minus 145. That is the way I'm going in that series with Montreal-Vegas. Should be a good one. Look, and Both series should be really good. I'm looking forward to both of them. All right, let's talk game one specifically. For the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, this comes your way tomorrow, Sunday afternoon, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we have in game one, Tampa Bay, minus 200, home favorites, five and a half, the total shaded to the under. I do lean, I definitely lean over the total here in game one. You've got an afternoon game. I could see this game being a little bit of a helter-skelter up and down affair. Uh, the New York Islanders, by the way, 2-0 over the total in game ones in their first two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tampa Bay went one over, one under. Tampa Bay, Carolina, game one stayed under the total. But Tampa Bay, Florida, game one in the first round flew over the total. And look, the, the New York Islanders have just been one of those teams where the value from on them from a totals perspective, game by game in these playoffs, has been over. It really has. And they've been trending that way. Uh, in recent games. And like I say, the Islanders offense is always thought of as, you know, a little bit subpar, below average. In these playoffs, they have been one of the highest scoring teams uh, in these Stanley Cup playoffs, the New York Islanders. And you'd be surprised by that, but you, you go back to the Pittsburgh series, they scored, you know, their share of goals more than a lot of people expected. Same thing against the Boston Bruins. Now you could say Bruins banged up blue line, Bruins turnovers. Yeah, but guess what? Islanders took advantage, and that's all you can do. You know, you got to take advantage of the situations. Yeah, Bruins had a couple of starting D-men out. Important D-men, by the way, Carlo and Miller. Yeah, they made some mistakes, but the Islanders took advantage of them. And like I said earlier, the Islanders' top players, they all played very well uh, offensively uh, in that Boston series, especially down the stretch. With Tampa Bay being off for a little bit, remember Tampa Bay, this will be their first game in almost a week. They wrapped it up with Carolina last Monday, so it's going to be six days between games for them. Uh, I think they could be a little bit at the back end, a little sloppy. Let's not forget game one. Remember that game that stayed under Tampa Bay-Carolina? If Carolina had a million chances in that first period against Vasilevsky, and he was so good that he just shut the door, but it could have been two or three nothing Carolina after that first period. And we're talking about a different kind of flow because if they get those two, three goals early in that game, Tampa Bay has to open it up, take chances, and then all of a sudden you get more goals in that game than you did. So that's going to be the key. I think the Islanders, can they get that early goal, maybe put some pressure on the uh, Lightning. For me, from a side perspective, it's dog or pass in game one. This could be a spot where the Isles could steal one because they, they've had some time off without – It'd be in a rest situation, whereas for Tampa Bay, when you're talking now six days off, it really could be a rust situation. Think of what it was like for Winnipeg. That first game they played against Montreal uh, in the second round, they had a ton of time off after sweeping Edmonton, and they didn't look all that sharp early in that game, and Montreal kind of jumped on them. So I think I might sprinkle on Islanders' first period in this game, more than the full game, just that first period bet, which is plus 145, that does interest me a little bit. Islanders plus 145, first period game one, lean to the Islanders full game. And I do like over the total here, which you can get at plus 120, uh, over five and a half here uh, in this game. This is It makes sense to me that game one 
in this series. First game could get sloppy play both sides, particularly again, six days off for Tampa. Enough days where three, four days, it's rest. You're starting to talk about six days, seven days. You're talking about a full week since you played a game. Then it becomes more concerning that it could be more rust that you see from Tampa Bay than rest here in game one. And I think you might see, see that show up in terms of maybe the mistakes, passes not clicking. And again, if you're turning the puck over and passes aren't clicking, it can put your defense in a tough spot and maybe be on both sides, really, and maybe have both teams that capitalize. And of course, the Lightning, you know, at home, they found ways to score goals in the majority of their home games. Like I say, the Islanders have been very good defensively uh, all season, playoffs pretty solid. But look, the Islanders' defense and Semyon Barlamov, for that matter, they are going to have a, huge, a much greater challenge here against a Tampa Bay team that can have 1 through 12 in their forward group score goals. They can have Victor Hedman be a difference maker on the back end from, the, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev, same thing. I mean, they've got blue liners that not only carry the puck, but they get in on the offense as well, way more than Boston's blue liners do. I mean, Boston has McAvoy to be, I think, a difference maker offensively for them. That's about it. I mean, it is just so much more that the Islanders have to concern themselves with defensively uh, in this series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, that's the concern. But I do think that first period bet on the Islanders is a good one. If you catch Tampa Bay at their worst in the first 20 minutes, think about game one, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Think about that. If, if you can recall it like I can, just put yourself in that position right now. Think about how Tampa Bay, Carolina game one played out. Tampa Bay was dominated in that first period of game one, following a bit of a layoff. And yeah, it was scoreless after the first period, but Carolina should have been up. They should have been up. They had a ton of chance. They hit a, a post or two. Vasilevsky was incredible. That's the kind of thing the New York Islanders could do, jump on them in that first period. But after that, we did see Tampa Bay really get stronger, really get better in game one against Carolina, second period, third period. So uh, that is why I like that first period. Uh, uh, situation for the New York Islanders here at plus 145 in game one. So I'll be on that and I'll also be looking at over five and a half plus 120 in game one uh, between the uh, New York Islanders uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, all right, uh, that is going to wrap it up for the uh, Saturday edition of the Ice Guys show. Uh, unfortunately, Alex couldn't make it, but uh, we'll get Alex back on Monday. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the series for Montreal Vegas. I'm sure he'll tweet out some thoughts for the Islanders and the Lightning as well as game one. Uh, as well. So uh, definitely make sure you um, <clears throat> uh, check out Alex on Twitter at AX Smith Sports. Uh, follow him there uh, on Twitter. Um, as far as best bets go, we'll get to that in just a second. I do have a best bet uh, for this show, even though there's no games today. Uh, but before we get there, a reminder download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, MLB uh, on a daily basis. Um, great time of year. Uh, we've got obviously uh, U.S. Open golf next week, the next major. Football is only two months away, so it's not too soon to start thinking about football. Great time of year to check out DraftKings. When you download the app and sign up for an account, you'll get deposit bonuses, uh, weekly specials, weekly incentives, bet boosts, and a whole lot more. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, best bet. Let's go to game one tomorrow. New York Islanders, Tampa Bay Lightning. New York Islanders, plus 145, first period uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to go with that. I like that. I like that bet. I like the spot. I like just having the first period because I think 
Tampa Bay might come out slow. They've had the six days off. The Islanders, you know, off the adrenaline of beating Boston uh, in the last round. Uh, jump on the Lightning early. Carolina did that in game one against Tampa in the second round. They didn't have any goals to show for it. But, man, did they have their chances. They were buzzing in that uh, first period against uh, Tampa Bay. They just couldn't cash in. Hopefully the Islanders do cash in. We are shockingly talking about the New York Islanders as one of the top offensive teams still standing here uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hopefully they can chip in uh, a goal or two uh, and have the lead after the first period of game one. That's what I like here. New York Islanders uh, plus 140, uh, sorry, plus 145 uh, first period against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that'll be my best bet. Uh, for this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. And again, that's game one uh, of Islanders Lightning Sunday afternoon. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, uh, make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. Make sure you check out the podcast uh, if you can't watch the show live on YouTube on all those platforms. Thanks for watching. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great weekend. A reminder, there is no Ice Guys show on Sunday, but we will be back and talk to you again on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the band-aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways.
this topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.